When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are recapping the week that was, giving out our Fantasy Basketball Awards, looking at a trade that happened in the week last week, as well as a couple of injuries. Let's go! Jordan open! Chicago with the lead! Bryant to shot! Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no regard for human life! Anything's possible! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Uh, recapping another week of fantasy basketball action. A uh, few things happening around the league, so we've got a few things to talk about when we get to our hot topics and breaking news. Uh, obviously, getting to the business end of the fantasy basketball season coming up soon. The uh, All-Star break is not far away. The All-Star starters were announced, so I will be having a video coming out soon. Uh, also, giving my picks for the All-Star reserves. Again, not fantasy related, but um, just like to talk basketball. So if you are keen for my takes, be on the lookout for that one. Uh, also, the trade deadline is another thing that will dramatically change fantasy basketball uh, leagues and landscapes. So lots of things that we can do to prepare for that one. Obviously, sometimes we do a lot of guessing. Sometimes we do a lot of uh, posturing about who's going to get traded, what that's going to mean for our teams. But at the end of the day... A lot of us don't know, and one of the guys that we thought was going to be the most likely to be traded, uh, Miles Turner, just recently signed an extension. But perhaps his uh, you know, trade deadline deals are not extinct. We'll talk a bit about that uh, later on in the podcast. But first... The Sweet, Sweet Fantasy Basketball Award for this week goes to uh, Dame Dollar, Damian Lillard, I believe. Again, another first-time winner of this award. I tell you, I don't. I, I, there's no rules about winning this award more than once. Um, it just happens so that a lot of these players, each week there's, there's a new guy that pops up. And this week, Damian Lillard, uh, the number one player in fantasy basketball, both by per game and on totals, just had... Uh, obviously, a crazy, crazy game highlighted by the huge 60-point, 9 threes, 7 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steal game. So, an absolute monster of a game. And again, just another huge stat line to add to this season's uh, list of enormous stat lines. It just seems to be... Uh, look, we see a 60-point game. 
we kind of <laughs> just move on at this point. There's been so many big games. Uh, Joel Embiid put up a monster game this week as well. I think it was a 48-18. So, uh, but Damian Lillard is the guy that uh, on this uh, week averaging... Uh, 32, sorry, no, sorry, is it 42 uh, points, six threes, four rebounds, 7.7 assists, 1.3 steals, no blocks, but 63% from the field, 92% from the line. All elite, elite numbers. Uh, on the season, he's the 11th ranked player on a per game basis. Uh, so he has. He has missed, you know, a few games, played 37 games this season, so by all accounts, not too bad. He is the 21st ranked player by totals, um, so a little bit further down in that category, but he is obviously very healthy right now and has been since sort of that, that missed time when he had the uh, the re-injury of, of, a, um, of his calf, uh, but seems to be putting a good block of games right now. He's, he's already had a 50-point game, several 40-point games, a 60-point game. He was a guy that I had inside my first round, uh, off the top of my head, I want to say I had him at 11 or 12 or maybe even 10 or 11 by the time after the Lamella ball injury and exactly kind of where I expect. In fact, I might have had him at 11, ranked at 11, so not to give myself too big of a pat on the back. Uh, pretty spot on there. He's back to Damian Lillard that we remember, the Damian Lillard of old. And I think that what, we, what we've seen so far is what we're going to continue to get. And we know with these kind of guys in the first round, any given week they can really pop off and be that that league, that weak winner for us. So um, I expect Damian to continue to do that. The scoring has obviously been really big. Uh, the last month, 34 points a night. Uh, so getting more into it as the season goes along. And now that he's put that calf behind him, we could even see him creep into the top 10. So Dame Dollar uh, still getting it done, 32 and a half years old. So, uh, But yeah, first round player. And I expect him to be that continuing moving forward. Uh, let's go to the next award here. La, 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 la. Speaking of players winning multiple awards, this is the uh, the first player to win any of the awards so far this season for the third time, and that is Russell Westbrook. Who, uh, look, I've I've made it no secret that I'm not a big Russell Westbrook fan. I, I don't really like the way he plays from a basketball point of view. I've not liked it for a long time now. Um, from a fantasy basketball point of view, in a points league, different story. In a category league, though, very. Uh, off this guy in general, uh, made my feelings quite known at the start of the season. Uh, so far on a nine-category basis, he is the 200th ranked player uh, on the season, averaging 16 points, one, three, six rebounds, seven and a half assists, a steal, uh, shooting 42% from the field, 67% from the free-throw line, and uh, 3.5 turnovers. So he's a positive in assists. He's barely a positive in rebounds and steals, uh, but everywhere else he is a negative uh, on the floor. So really, he's the big assist guy. We know that assists are difficult to come by, uh, but in the last week, just putrid, putrid numbers. Really um, just not providing you much out of the 5.3 assists that he put up. Uh, but everything else, you know, 1.3 steals, yep, sure, that's great. But no blocks. Uh, even worse, shooting 36% from the field, 66% from the free throw line, 14 points. Uh, hit 1-3 this last week. Uh, and just, um, just putting up some horrible, horrible games, murdering your percentages, really not helping you in a lot of areas outside of some decent-ish assists. I just think that um, a lot of people got really excited when he started coming to the bench and there was a lot of Russell Westbrook is back, he's, he's fixed it, the bench roll is going to suit him. And now with Anthony Davis now back into the mix, I am really worried with Russell Westbrook. And again, 
I don't know, the, the guys who have him on your team, you probably like him a lot better than I do, but he is a player that if, obviously if you're not ready to take the hits with him, if you can't handle his free throw percentage, his field goal percentage, if you if you need more threes out of out of a point guard eligible player, if you need more steals or um, if your turnovers are, are being uh, close in a lot of matchups, then he is a guy that you might be better off dropping and streaming his position again. Very different in a points league. He's a much better points league player when those percentages, threes, turnovers don't hurt you quite as badly. And it's just the raw numbers. But again, with Anthony Davis back into the fold, I think that his usage and points and um, you know threes and, and his minutes potentially are all going to drop down. So I think that he could very easily become a, uh, a droppable uh, player very quickly, if not already. Like, honestly, again, I've never had him in any of my leagues. I think that's pretty obvious with the way I've talked about him in the preseason, and, and I've just not ever been a really big fan with his category league value. Um, I think that he probably is, basically, he's 100% rostered in the advanced ownership um, uh, data on Basketball Monster. <laughs> it's too high, really. Like, it shouldn't be in every single league, really. I mean... Sure, maybe in some leagues, in most leagues, there's some team where you're punting free throws. Actually, let me let me look at that right now. If I if I go onto the rankings, just as I waffle on a little bit longer while I while I do this, if I let's say obviously maybe you're punting turnovers and you're punting free throws. If I click those things on, let's see how he's been doing uh, this season where the Lakers. So. Punt free throws and punt turnovers. Look, yes, he is a top 100 player. He's a top. Uh, he's ranked 79th on the season over the last month in that build. He's 82nd in the last two weeks. He is uh, 155th. Okay, so the trend, even in that format, is trending down. Obviously, it's a much better scenario for him in that situation. If you are punting turnovers and free throws, obviously, I probably wouldn't be dropping just yet, but it is trending down. Um, you know, I think the minutes and the usage going down with Anthony Davis coming back is a real threat, a real worry. Uh, the Lakers look like they might be busy on the trade deadline, so there could be more hits coming your way. Uh, if you are punting turnovers and one of the percentages, I think you hold on and just try and stomach them as much as you can. Make a better informed decision after the deadline. But if you're trying to look after, um, you know, two out of the three categories in, in field goal, free throws and turnovers, then I think that you can do better by streaming his position. But again, obviously, my thoughts on Russell Westbrook are pretty clear. Um, so let me know if you have him down in the comment section below. Do you have Russell Westbrook? What are you doing with him? What's your team build situation in a category league? Uh, in a points league, let me know how he's going. Obviously, he's doing a lot better over there, and you can you can definitely hold Russ in a points league and just hope that the minutes stay high. And uh, the final award for today's uh, podcast... <laughs> Uh, Every day a star is born, and this player that we're talking about today for the uh, uh, future Dynasty Star Award is Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran is a guy that I've uh, I've really liked actually. Like in in the pre-draft, if you were listening along in the off season when we were talking about strictly draft, he was a guy that I think off from memory I think I had him top six. Uh, I think I might have had him six, maybe just behind. Um, uh, Dyson Daniels. I think those two were flipping in between clearly after sort of the big four at the start there. Um, those were kind of the next guys in my tier. And Jalen Duran, he is a guy that I am very excited about for fantasy basketball. He Look, he is super young, one of the youngest players in the NBA. He's only just turned 19 years old. Um, sort of only 19, reminds me of a Jason Tatum uh, back in the day. Uh, but yeah, just 19 years old. In the last month, he's the 55th ranked player. The last two weeks, he's been 
been the 16th ranked player, and he's the 14th ranked player in the last week, averaging 16 points, 9 rebounds, 1.7 steals is huge, 1.3 blocks, 76% from the field, and 92% from the free throw line on 4 attempts is extremely encouraging. Um, Look, I think he has further upside to increase his assists. The steals, 1.7. I don't think that's realistic for us to expect, but it is encouraging that he can put in some big steal games or at least consistently get sort of, you know, your two, one steals here and there. Um, So perhaps he can be a guy that can get close to a steal per game throughout his career. That's encouraging and very valuable for a big man. Um, The blocks have kind of always been the thing. With him, he had a big patch. I think we had him at a buy-low show with, where Callum and I did together, um, and he wasn't putting up the blocks, and that definitely affected his ranking. His rebounding has been always very solid for him. He started the last three games. So for me, Jalen Duran is definitely the guy that... Uh, I think I saw a tweet out from from Matt Lawson. Shout-out to you, uh, Matt Lawson, Dynasty ADP, on Twitter. He um, he was asking, sort of after the, the first couple of picks, so you've got Chet... You've got Paolo in a dynasty draft. Who are you taking number three? And I think, I think my answer is either Jabari still, I know I'm holding on to Jabari, or if it wasn't Jabari, it might be Jalen Duran in my eyes because I think that with him being as young as he is, um, I, I really like the potential with him being more than just a rim-running lob threat center. I do see maybe just a little bit of playmaking upside. The defensive potential is immense. Um, you know, being that steal and maybe a one-and-a-half to two-block player. Uh, the fact that he is, again, it's glimpses. And on the season, he's still only shooting 63% from the free-throw line. But he's got glimpses in the last two weeks, shooting 87.5% from the free-throw line on four attempts per game. At 19 years old, if he can maybe turn into a career 80% from the free-throw line guy, be a sort of 65% from the field kind of a guy, you know, do enormous rebounding, you know, score, you know, high teens, uh, low 20s in points, that's an extremely valuable player and a player that's going to be a part of our fantasy teams for a long, long time. So for me, Jalen Duran is exceptionally uh, a high-valued rookie. I would be treating him as like a top five rookie in this class. Um, again, I don't have my rankings and it's going to be something that I will be bringing to the podcast and to the Ball Boys next season. But uh, in terms of, it's obviously very difficult to rank these rookies because a lot of people sort of get very high on the rookies and it depends if you're rebuilding or competing now. But the fact that over the last month, um, and again, it's been on nine games, he missed a bit of time there. So it is still a small sample size, but in the last month, he's top 60. The last uh, two months, so again, 23 game sample size, he's top 80. I would easily be, be valuing him as a top 50 kind of a dynasty asset. Um, would be about where I'd like to say uh, the last three months he's inside the 100 uh, top 110. So he's already a valuable piece to a lot of fantasy rosters. And the fact that he is now starting, Isaiah Stewart has moved to the bench, which we'll talk about him later. But uh, he's doing this all in you know minutes in the 25 minutes of the last month, 26 minutes of the last two months, uh, the last week where he's been a top 15 guy, 27 minutes. Like, uh, this guy, if he ramps up to 34, 35 minutes at, at points in his career, he could really, really explode. And it has ceiling, really, to be a, a top top 20, top, 
maybe maybe at, at his complete ceiling, he reaches first round value. I have my doubts that he gets that high, um, but look, it's not off the table. It's it's not completely outrageous to suggest that that would happen. Um, right now, I think top fifty, I think, is a pretty comfortable ranking. You might even go inside the top forty if you're in a rebuilding side and you you need what he's going to provide. Um, so for me, I, I really do like the outlook for Jalen Duran, and he is a uh, a value a valuable uh, and worthy winner of the uh, future dynasty star awards. So and now we'll move on from the awards. We'll go into the hot topics and breaking news segment of today's show. Now we'll lead off this part with the Ruri Hachimura ch- trade, the first, I guess, trade of the trade deadline period. Uh, so he's traded to the Lakers uh, in uh, response. They got, I think it was Kendrick Nunn, a few second round picks. So not a whole lot going back in terms of players. So for me, the big winner here is a Denny Avdia and a Daniel Gafford. Now, Daniel Gafford has been someone that's kind of already been on the ad kind of side of things. I think he's clearly a must-add player at this stage. Now, he's benefiting a little bit at the moment with uh, Chris Dumps Porzingis uh, not playing. But, look... There have been times where they've played he and Pazingas together before the trade. I think that they might continue to explore this. Kristaps Pazingas, we know, is not the most durable player anyway. So he is someone that I think is a must-add, and you figure the rest out later. The Wizards obviously open to making moves. Maybe there's more moves coming. So he is obviously a really good shot-blocking, field goal percentage, rebounding, uh, big man, classic guy with really good permanent production. So I think he's obviously the winner. But Denny Avdi, I think, is the more interesting guy to talk about here. He is, uh, over the last week, the 66th ranked player in three games. All three of those games came after the trade. So since uh, Rui has been traded, he's a 66th ranked player. He is averaging um, 13 points, nearly 10 rebounds, which is huge, uh, 2.3 assists, uh, two steals, which obviously I think is a bit high, uh, 46% from the field and 70, uh, sorry, yeah, 74% from the free throw line, less than a turnover per game. So... Straight away, we sort of think, okay, those steals are probably a bit too high. But he is a really good defender, specifically a really good perimeter defender. And I think the thing that I'm most encouraged by here is the minutes. Since the trade, he's been 32, 30, 27 and a half minutes in his last three games. Um, On the season, he is averaging 26 minutes. So obviously those last three games, that pushes him up to 30 minutes per game. So... Uh, I think that there is scope for him to be a player that is on our fantasy rosters and stays there for the rest of the season. Um, I I don't know. Actually, you know what? No, I will. He will be in our must-add players later on because I think that... Look, it's a speculative ad. It's something that it might not turn into anything significant later, but I think... Just with the signs that we've been given, three games after the trade, he's doing enough for me. The rebounding is really good. He has scope to be better in assists than he is right now. So maybe even though the steals come down, I think the assists can push up higher to maybe four per game. Uh, two over the last couple of uh, couple of games, uh, I think is a bit unders of what we can expect from him there. Um, he's not going to hurt you anywhere, really. doesn't get to the, uh, the free throw line a whole lot, although he has been in the last couple of games averaging six free throws. And on that... 73%. That is actually hurting his value. So if he fixes that up, maybe doesn't quite get to the line quite as much and hurt your free throw percentage that way, I think that he has the chance to become a top 100 player and therefore a must-add 
guy. So I think by me having him as a must-add guy now, I'm just getting a little bit ahead of the curve and um, sort of labeling him that now. He is rostered in 68% of leagues, according to Basketball Monster. Um, So he could definitely well be on your waiver wire right now. And I think that he is a guy that I'm very keen on. I've liked him for a long time. And of all the draft picks that the Wizards have had, and there have been some god-awful ones, (laughs) just to put it bluntly. Sorry, Wizards fans. But I think he is the guy that interests me the most in terms of the most versatile, the most unique prospect that they've drafted. And I think that he has a lot of versatility and um, I'm not really sure what the Wizards are trying to do here with their team and which direction they're trying to go. But I do think that of all their young prospects, he's the guy that I'd be, if I was the Wizards, I'd be trying to get a lot of minutes into. The next one uh, topic that we'll talk about here is the Miles Turner trade. Uh, sorry, the Miles Turner, not trade, the Miles Turner uh, extension meaning that potentially he is not going to be traded. However, I do want to point out, now I, I'm i not always all across these kind of things. They confuse the hell out of me sometimes. But uh, from what I understand, Miles Turner can still be traded. Now, I know that there's a lot of complicated rules with you know signing someone in the off-season. They have to wait a certain amount of time before they're traded. But again, I don't really know all of the reasons to why, when or when someone cannot be traded after extension or after signing as a free agent, whatever. But from what I can understand and from smarter people than myself, they say that he can be traded still before the trade deadline despite this extension. Now, I think that the reason I was sort of labeling him as a guy that I expect to be traded at the trade deadline is because he was out of contract when uh, the season started. I didn't necessarily think that by all reports, you know, because he's been on the trade market for so long, it didn't it didn't seem to me that the, the Pacers would re-sign him. I think he's a really good player. He's a unique guy that can stretch the floor and protect the rim, and uh, I actually think he's a really good player. Uh, but just based on the wording that came out, it didn't seem like he was going to be signing an extension. So if he's going to be walking in free agency in the offseason, you might as well trade him, right? So that was my reasoning for saying that I think he was going to be traded. With this extension now, even though he can be still traded, I think think it is looking far less likely. So obviously the big loser here is Isaiah Jackson. And I did tweet tweet out that I don't think that we're going to be getting that Isaiah Jackson breakout that we've been all waiting and hoping for this season. Uh, it would surprise me if he is now moved after that deal, but it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. With Isaiah Jackson kind of being a zero and a donut right now, if there is uh, another player out there um, that interests you, that you want to pick him up and he's on your roster, I think you can go ahead and make that drop and move on. And look, if something does happen, you rush back to the waiver wire. But I think it's unlikely at this point, but he just is not quite getting it done. In saying that though... uh, Oh, sorry, no, that's still Denny Abdia. Why did that not change over? Uh, I'll just bring up his stats right now. But from memory, um, looking at his game log. He has not been doing what we needed him to do. In fact, I don't know if he's even playing at the moment. Just pulling up his game log. Yeah, so last game, three blocks. Yep, it's cool, but, you know, 21 minutes is probably not enough to consistently hold on to. Didn't play the game before that. Played 12 minutes the game before that. Seven minutes before that. It's just, it's too frustrating for me to hold. Um, look, if you if you want to hold on to him and just the off chance that there is still a trade that goes down, it could pay off. Um, I think it's unlikely at this point. So if there's anything decent on your waiver wire and he is on your team, I think it's okay to move on. But, you know, I'm flipping a coin at this point if I think there's going to be a trade. If there is, it could still be huge. So the upside is maybe worth holding on just a little bit longer. It's not that long to hold now. So 
depending on your position, you can sort of figure out what you want to do for now. But I think if you if you see someone good on the waiver one, you want to take a swing, and Isaiah Jackson's worst player, I tick off dropping him to make that move uh, is the bottom line here. And then the last one I want to touch on here is the Stephen Adams injury. So Stephen Adams... Um, uh, to start last week has uh, been reported that he's got a PCL sprain and he's out multiple weeks. So he's going to be reevaluated in about a month's time. Um, so for me, this clearly makes, and I did tweet this out. So again, make sure you are following me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy so you get this news straight off the block and my advice instantly. You don't have to wait for the, uh, the podcast to drop. But I think uh, that... Um, who was I saying? Uh, I think that Brandon Clark is the must-add player at this point here. He's obviously been scooped up in a lot of leagues, but uh, obviously the way that sort of they like to run it, Stephen Adams is like that big physical presence, that running rim guy. Jaron Jackson Jr. is the guy that likes to spread the floor a bit longer, a bit more block, uh, shot blocking. So different to how when Jaron Jackson was out and... Um, we had Brennan Clark still coming off the bench and playing low minutes, and we had, uh, off the top of my head again, um, memories fading me. I'm, I'm deep into the work week right now, and um, uh, some team names and player names are escaping me. If I just pull up the list here and jog my memory, uh, Santi Aldama is the guy I was talking about. Santi Aldama was the guy that stepped up, and he was the player that was getting the minutes when Jaron Jackson Jr. was out, with Steven Adams out being a bit of a different type of player to a Jaron Jackson Jr., Clark is kind of that guy that most resembles the way that Adams plays. So for me, that's what made him sort of the must-add kind of a guy because I saw him stepping up into that role. And so far, that is what has happened. So um, so I think that Brennan Clark, to skip ahead to the must-add players, he is definitely in that category in the last week and four games. He has been our top 100 player. Still only the 22 uh, minutes, but it's really been um, you know two games where he's had 32 minutes um, 32 minutes in the first one, 28 in the second one, and then this most recent game was much lower. Uh, because of foul trouble, had f- uh, five personal fouls, so I think that's the outlier there. I expect him to be more along those sort of high 20s in minutes, which to me makes him a clear must-roster player. Big field goal percentage, good defensive stats, uh, points and rebounds, all really nice fantasy things. He's not going to kill you from the free throw line or the turnovers either, so uh, I think that he is a clear must-add player whilst uh, Stephen Adams is out, and that could bring you all the way through to the fantasy playoffs. So absolutely make sure that he is not on your waiver wire. So uh, we talked about a few must-add guys, so let's go into the waiver wire portion of the show now. To start off with, like I said, a few guys we've already touched on. Brandon Clark, must-add player. Daniel Gafford, must-add player. Uh, Danny Avdia, must-add player, in my opinion, just kind of getting ahead of it. Um, uh, I think that, look, of all these guys, his value is the most shaky, but... I do like what I see, and I think that um, he could be a very hot commodity very soon. So maybe get ahead of the curve and grab him now as a bit of a speculative ad. And then the last guy is a similar kind of vein as that, and that is Jeremy Sohan. So Jeremy Sohan, to me, is a guy that we've sort of talked about a little bit before as maybe a, a good uh, stash. He's he's someone that I think has good potential. Um, I really like his potential from a basketball point of view. He's a really good defensive kind of prospect, has a bit of playmaking in him, and he's just getting better in a lot of different areas. His most recent game was amazing. 30 points, 3 threes, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Didn't get any defensive stats, but I think that that will come. Huge minutes. Um, He's been starting for a long time now. 
Uh, but I think, again, the rookie... And this used to be the thing back in the day. It was the rookie wall. And I think that that's nonsense. Rookies get better as the seasons go on, especially around this all-star break period when teams like the Spurs really lean onto their rookies a lot more, give them a bit more freedom, sort of take the reins off a little bit more. Obviously, they're not trying to win per se. So let the rookies do as much as they can, sink or swim kind of mentality. And right now, Jeremy Sohan, he's swimming. And he's swimming well, baby. He is, <laughs> he is He's doing well the last week. He's the top 90. He's 89. Last two week, 89th as well. So top nine in the last two weeks, uh, averaging 18, oh sorry, 19 points, two threes, six rebounds, three assists. Uh, again, still defensive stats are down, so I think that can definitely improve. I think he can be a positive steals player. Maybe not the blocks quite yet, but um, the fact that he's not killing you from the percentages and those points are rising is very encouraging for me. So obviously the points and percentage was always his thing that wasn't quite there at the start of the season. And with those things improving, his other things, the rebounds, assists, and steals those can have enough value and they're not weighed down by the poor performance of those other things. And typically in rookies, field goal percentage, scoring, threes are always the things that at the start of the season suffer, but as they get a bit more up up to speed with the NBA pace and they get more accustomed to the league, they are usually the things that rise uh, the fastest and and, uh, are the ones that are more easily sustained and we see them carry over as the the players get more used to the NBA. So for me, Jeremy Sohan, I am labelling him as a must-add player. Um, again, just to get ahead of the curve, he's 73% rostered according to Basketball Monster. So again, still available in a few leagues out there. Um, and I think that he could be someone that really helps you in your fantasy playoffs um, in you know a few weeks' time. Uh, so those are the must-add guys. Moving on to the maybe ads. If a fizzy situation, I think it's a good way to go. Starting with Patrick Williams. I've never really been a huge fan of Patrick Williams in terms of from a fantasy sense. He just hasn't quite put it together to me so far. He's also not lacked the opportunity in the past. Don't really know what's going on with this Chicago Bulls team. Maybe there's been talks of rumors of blowing it up and trading a lot of their guys. So there's a little bit of that upside there, getting close to the deadline. He has put together a decent stretch over the last little while. So last month, 104th ranked player. Last two weeks, he's top 60. Last week, top 80. So he's definitely, and on the season, he's 134th ranked player. So he's definitely someone that, you know, is providing at least back-end value. And I think there is, he's obviously still only 21, so potential for there to be more value. So 69% uh, rostered in, um, according to Basketball Monster. So again, available in a few leagues and has the opportunity. I don't really know where this Bulls team is going, but there is the potential that he becomes a much more prominent part of their offense. And uh, again, Maybe it's just taking him a little bit longer than some of those other guys. He was drafted as a really young player in his draft class, so he could still poke through as a good guy. And again, he got that kind of safety net that at least he's providing you back-end value, and he's been doing that for the most of the season. So um, he's not going to completely burn you. Maybe not the highest of upsides, uh, but I think that he could definitely still uh, be a fruitful pick at this stage of the season. Emmanuel, quickly is the next guy we want to talk about here. I've had him uh, sort of on these ads uh, a little bit this season. I've moved him to the, the maybe ads because, again, he kind of fits a certain sort of thing in, depending on what you're looking for. It's assists, it's threes, and it's points with good free throw percentage. Now, his free throws, he's missed. He's had a couple of 0%, missed 
one free throw in two games. Um, so that doesn't reflect really in his most recent scoring, but he is typically a good free throw percentage shooter. Uh, but again, yeah, it's the assists, it's the threes, it's the points. Um, he is getting minutes sort of in those high 20s, low 30s most nights. It can be a little bit inconsistent, which is frustrating, which is why he's not a, a must-add guy. But if you need what he provides, I think that whilst it will be inconsistent, if you if you average it out over the long term, I think he will still be worthwhile having on your roster. So, Manuel, quickly, you can definitely add him here. Precious Achua is an interesting one, um, who I've got next on this list here as a maybe-add guy. He's been, um, he's been doing well with OG Ananobi, uh, missing some time recently. Uh, most recent game was very impressive, 27 points, 13 rebounds, hit all his free throws, uh, 69% from the field on 16 attempts, so that's really useful. Um, big minutes, and there has been a lot of talk with OG and trade rumors, Pascal Siakam's been in a few rumors here and there. Again, don't really know what's going on with this Toronto team. They could maybe pull the trigger, and Precious might be someone who benefits. His fantasy game, it's never really... Uh, I don't... I don't consider him a high upside player, but again, just with the way that rotations work in Toronto, when you force him to 36 minutes per night, you kind of fall into good fantasy stats. Um, the thing with me is like he's never been a good field goal percentage guy as a center or, or a big man, but you know the last couple of weeks, last two weeks, 58%, last week, 70%, obviously um, you know buoyed by that big game last where he put up 27 points, but... Look, if he can fix that and he becomes a positive for us on the field goal percentage side of things, he can give us some decent defensive stats and good, decent enough points and rebounds that he is someone useful enough on fantasy rosters. He's doing all right right now. On the season, he's only just inside the top 200. That is on 21 and a half minutes. So again, if we're projecting those minutes to you know go up significantly, whether it be a trade or at least at the moment in the short term when we're streaming him with a few guys out, um, he can be useful. And then maybe one you hold at least until that trade deadline and see if there are any moves that Toronto make. So I think for that reason, he finds himself in the maybe ads. And then uh, last guy on this list here, again, similar kind of story, getting ready for that trade deadline, Kenyon Martin Jr., uh, it's just a guy that I've, I've liked. Um, uh, look, he's, he's kind of boring from a fantasy point of view. He doesn't do a whole lot of exciting things. He's just kind of really solid, you know, uh, good field goal percentage for a, a small forward eligible player. Decent enough points and rebounds. Uh, or sorry, really good rebounds, really, for his position. The steals are decent. The, the blocks are okay, again, for a small forward guy. I don't think he's going to come out and start banging away threes or averaging huge assists. So, again, upside, I don't know if it's super high, but it's high enough that... And, and there's a lot of chatter, obviously, with Eric Gordon and things like that. He's he's more than likely going to have a bigger role in the second half of the season. He's already you know averaging 25 minutes a night. Last two weeks, though, he's averaging 30.5. That's good enough for a top 120 value. So that's kind of... You know, he's around that 100 to 120 kind of a range for me. So, again, not... Must add, not high upside, but good enough to obviously be on a lot of uh, rosters out there, especially if you do need what he provides. And he is only owned in uh, 46% of leagues, again, according to Basketball Monsters Advanced Ownership Tool. Uh, so he is someone that I don't mind sitting on until the trade deadline if you need the, the rebounds, field goal percentage, decent enough points, steals, and a, a trickle of blocks here and there from a small forward eligible player. So it fits a few, maybe those punt three, punt assists kind of a builds. I think he fits in nicely in those kind of, uh, those kind of teams. 
Uh, let's go down to some droppable players. A lot of big guys on this list. Thomas Bryant, you can go ahead and drop him now very comfortably. Obviously, um, Anthony Davis is back, um, even though he might be ramping up slowly and missing some back-to-back. I think Thomas Bryant... You're not going to miss much, so go ahead and drop him. Isaiah Stewart, he has moved to the bench. I think Duran, look, they tried a little bit of him and Duran together. I just don't think it's really going to work long term. And his stats has never been sort of super per minute upside uh, anyway. So he's just not really worth sitting through kind of uh, up and down role and lowering minutes and... You know, he might come out and have a good game every now and again, but if, if it's to grab one of those other guys that I've listed before, I think he is someone that you, you know, I don't think you're going to really regret too much if you, if you move on from him. Uh, Kavon Looney is a guy that is rostered in surprisingly a lot of, uh, a lot of leagues. He has, if I just pull him up right now, he is uh, 79% rostered according to Basketball Monster in Advanced Leagues. Um, look, he's a good rebounder. He's top 100 in the last two weeks, but on the season, he's 132nd. Um, low minutes, so inconsistent in terms of his production. Look, he pops off every now and again for a 20 rebound, 17 rebound game, but outside of that, it's very empty. Very, very empty. So could you do better by streaming a position and trying to get rebounds that way? Maybe I think you could. You might get some more stats along the way. Um, he just doesn't really do a whole lot outside of rebound um, in the last two weeks. Yeah, 10 rebounds, 2.7 assists is okay. He's averaging a steal, 65%. But just a whole lot of nothing else, really. You know, six points, no threes, uh, not a good shot blocker, very poor free throw percentage shooter. It's on low attempts, but... You know, it's still negative and hurting you there a little bit. So, And I don't know if I can count on those steals staying up there at one per game over the last two weeks. He's averaging 0.5 on the season. So there you go. I think, you know, 10 rebounds, two to three assists, it's it's just whatever. I think, again, stream that position along and um, I think you might be able to get better value or take a swing, especially this close to the trade deadline on someone who maybe has a bit more upside. And then the last guy here who's been in this list for a little while now, but he still is up there in ownership, Jared Vanderbilt, I think is someone that you can definitely move on from. He um, he still has a little bit of that, of that allure of a guy that we know has a good permanent production. Um and can do it in spurts, and obviously he, he's shown that. A couple of games ago, he did have a game where he put up 12 points, five rebounds, two steals, two blocks, and it was really nice, uh, but backs up the next day with 22 minutes, seven points, six rebounds, three assists, no defensive stats. It's just way too inconsistent for me to trust and move and and, and um, hold on to my team. You know, they're prioritizing a Walker Kessler over him, um, so I think... Look, you don't have to drop him. He, he still is surfable, especially if you're in maybe a punt points and threes kind of a build, which I know is a, a strategy that I like. And in some instances, I, I, I can see holding on to him. But again, he's kind of one of those guys that if you have to move him because there's someone more upsidey or someone uh, you know better on the waiver wire, I don't think you will miss him a whole lot uh, for the most part. And uh, to finish the podcast up today, I've got a guy that I can't quite peg. I don't really know what to do with him, and I want, I want your thoughts, really. The guy that I'm talking about here is Killian Hayes. Now, he could have been on the drop section. Um, I didn't put him on the ad section. Obviously, he's 98% rostered, according to Barcelona Monster. He was doing so well. He was doing so well after Cade Cunningham's injury, uh, you know, putting out big assists, steal numbers. His field goal percentage has obviously improved a lot um, recently. His points have been okay, but 
Um, not starting the last couple of games. I don't really know what that's about and if that's going to be continuing. He missed a game there. Obviously, I think, was that the suspension game? Um, can't can't quite remember. Anyway, I just don't know. His, his suspension was a little while ago, but then came back, yeah, put up some good assists, had a good, good few games in there. Look, I'm labelling him as a hold, but I just wanted to flag that I'm very confused about what they're doing over there with his role. Um, who has been starting it for the um, for the Pistons the last couple of games? Let me just check that one out. Detroit basketball. Um, who have they been starting? Has it been Alec Burks? Obviously, Jaden Ivey's been starting in there. So I think, look, I, I have to think that Jaden Ivey gets back in the mix there and and he, he picks back up where he left off. But, but it is a little bit concerning. Obviously, the coach, we don't have a lot of confidence in his ability to do something consistently for a long period of time. So, look, I, I'm a concerned, but I still think that he's done enough previously and prior to this last stretch of games um, coming off the bench that he's worthy of holding it's very hard to find those assists and steal streamers off the waiver wire, and he's still young enough that he fits this team's timeline, and if, obviously, I was running the team, he would be getting as much opportunity as he possibly could. I'm not running the team, obviously, so we need to take that into account, but uh, I I tend to hold these guys longer than maybe I should, but I think that in this case, it, it makes sense because of the upside we have already seen from him uh, recently. So, for me, he is in the hold camp, Um and uh, hopefully he gets back the starting job and at least see those those minutes climb up compared to what we have in the last couple of games. So that will do it for us today, guys. Let us know what you think about any of the waiver wire stuff that we talked about. Obviously, there might be some guys that I haven't included. Can't go through every single option on the waiver wire at the moment, but those are guys that I think either are rostered too much or too few in the uh, ad cases, and then Killian Hayes, who I'm just confused and don't know what to do with. So let me know how you guys are tracking along in your fantasy basketball uh, season this year. We're getting very close to the crunch time, so um, obviously uh, all-star reserves are coming up soon. I've also got... Um, you know, some trade deadline stuff lined up when that hits very, very soon. Some buy lows and sell highs and uh, all those things leading into the playoffs, which are not too far away, guys. So make sure you guys are subscribed. Make sure you guys hit this uh, big old thumbs up if you're watching along YouTube. Give us a five-star rating if you have a spare one minute on Apple Podcast, and I'll love you forever, and I'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.